إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد So we were in the chapter discussing patience upon the decree of Allah or the difficulties of the decree that may overcome an individual. And we mentioned at the beginning that patience is of different types. Patience upon the obedience to Allah. Patience in staying away from the haram and the disobedience. And patience upon the difficulties of the decree. Then also there was the Ayah in the Quran that we mentioned وَمَن يُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ يَهْدِ قَلْبَهُ Whomsoever has iman in Allah, Allah guides his heart. And Al-Qama said regarding that هُوَ الرَّجُلُ تُصِيبُهُ الْمُصِيبَةِ فَيَعْلَمُ أَنَّهَا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ فَيَرْضَى وَيَسَلِّمْ And that is an individual who is afflicted by some calamity and he knows that this difficulty, etc., it is from Allah, i.e. the decree. It is in the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he is content and he submits to it. He is content with the occurrences, submits to that, and keeps his trust in Allah and supplicates and uh, seeks for an exit from that difficulty. So he remains patient. Then we now move on to the next narration. Hadith in Sahih Muslim, Hadith of Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu. Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ithnatani fin nasi huma bihim kufr, atta'anu fin nasb, wa niyahatu ala al-mayyit. Two characteristics or two traits in people, they are disbelief. And that is talking about the minor disbelief, the minor kufr. The criticizing abuse of the lineages of people. And and that is the screaming and the shouting and the Incorrect behavior at the time of someone close dying to you. So what does this hadith mean? Ithnatani finnas, two characteristics in the people. Finnas ay fi bani Adam. Hatta walau kanu muslimina fa innahu yujadu fi ba'd al-muslimina ba'd al-khisal al-jahiliyya wa ba'd al-khisal al-kufr al-ladhi la yukhriju min al-millah. So these two characteristics are found in the people, the hadith says. The people, including the Muslims. Because even in the Muslims, sometimes you can find within them characteristics, certain descriptions, certain traits, that are descriptions and traits and characteristics of ignorance. And they may be characteristics of kufr, but not the major kufr that exits a person from the fold of Islam. Minor kufr. Huma bihim kufr. 
And that's what the Prophet ﷺ said, these characteristics are within them as kufr. And that means kufrun asghar, minor kufr. لِأَنَّ الْكُفْرِ إِذَا نُكِّرَ فَإِنَّهُ يُرَادُ بِهِ الْكُفْرُ الْأَصْغَرِ Because when kufr is mentioned in the indefinite form, kufr, as opposed to al-kufr, when it is mentioned in the indefinite form, kufr, then it means minor kufr. إِذَا نُكِّرَ فَإِنَّهُ يُرَادُ بِهِ الْكُفْرُ الْأَصْغَرِ if it is mentioned in the indefinite form, then it is referring to the minor kufr. أَمَّا إِذَا عُرِّثَ As for, if it is mentioned by definition, uh, by being definite, in the definite form, with an alif and a lam, الْكُفْر Then in that case, يُرَادُ بِهِ الْكُفْرُ الْأَكْبَرِ Then the major kufr is intended. كَمَا فِي قَوْلِهِ Just like in the statement, or in his statement, the Prophet ﷺ statement, بَيْنَ الْعَبْدِ وَبَيْنَ الْكُفْرِ وَالشِّرْكِ تَرْكُ Between a servant and al-kufr, meaning major kufr. Between the servant and major kufr is, and shirk, is to abandon the prayer. I.e. the one who abandons the prayer, he is a kafir, absolute, outside of the fold of Islam. That's what that narration would indicate. وَلَيْسَ كُلُّ مَنْ قَامَ بِهِ خَصْلَ مِنْ خِصَالِ الْكُفْرِ يَكُونُ كَافِرًا خَالِصًا And not everyone who has within him a characteristic of kufr, not everyone who has within him a characteristic of kufr, means that he is a kafir. Does it mean that? وَإِنَّمَا يَكُونُ فِيهِ خَصْلَ مِنْ خِصَالِ الْكُفْرِ All it means is that he has within him a characteristic, some characteristics of kufr, but not such that he is now a kafir. So just because you say that somebody has some characteristics of kufr, doesn't mean that he is a kafir. كَمَا أَنَّهُ لَيْسَ كُلُّ مَنْ فِيهِ خَصْلَ مِنْ خِصَالِ النِّفَاقِ يَكُونُ مُنَافِقًا خَالِصًا Just like if somebody has some characteristics of hypocrisy in them, it doesn't necessitate that the person is an absolute hypocrite, munafiq. Doesn't necessitate that he just has some traits of the hypocrites. وَإِنَّمَا تَكُونُ فِيهِ خَصْلَ مِنْ خِصَالِ النِّفَاقِ فَالْخَصْلَةُ الْأُولَى so in this hadith then the Prophet ﷺ mentioned two characteristics which are from the characteristics of kufr. One of them, الطَّعْنُ فِي النَّسَبِ the, uh, the criticism or the abuse or the evil speech in the lineages of people, talking about the lineages of people. وَالْخَصْلَةُ الثَّانِيَةِ And the second characteristic, النِّيَاحَ عَلَى الْمَيِّتِ وَالنِّيَاحَةَ مَعْنَاهَا إِظْهَارُ الْجَزَعَ عَلَى الْمَيِّتِ كَمَا كَانَ أَهْلُ الْجَاهِلِيَةَ يَفْعَلُونَ النِّيَاحَةَ is to put forth behaviors which indicate your lack of patience, indicate your lack of 
control the screaming, the shouting, the statements of ignorance that the people do and say when one of their close relatives dies. All of that is known as niyaha. To demonstrate your lack of patience, your lack of control of yourself, to demonstrate that you do not have patience and you are not uh, uh, in a state where you are controlling yourself. Instead, it's shouting and screaming and saying evil speech and why this and why that. Speech of ignorance and behavior of ignorance. Then that is from the characteristics of kufr. Walmatlub al wajib. What is required of a person? Asabru ala motil aqarib or motil ahbab. To be patient at the death of a relative or the death of a beloved one. That's what's required of a person to be patient upon the death of a relative or a death of a beloved person, not to demonstrate a lack of patience and screaming and shouting. This does not mean when we say that you have to be patient at the death of a beloved one. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be affected by their death. It doesn't mean that you're not going to feel pain. It doesn't mean that you're not allowed to cry. All of that occurs. A person feels the pain when a beloved one dies. A person cries when a beloved one dies. There is no prohibition upon crying. A person cries, that isn't prohibited. What is prohibited is the ignorant ways of screaming and shouting and wailing. As for crying, in terms of just crying, that is something which occurs a person feels the pain and he cries, and that is not forbidden. When Nabi Ibrahim, the Prophet cried when his son Ibrahim died. The Prophet cried when his son Ibrahim died. In another narration, it also mentions Ibn Qayyim mentioned in Zad al Ma'ad, the Prophet cried when one of his grandchildren died too. One of his grandchildren died and it is mentioned the Prophet ﷺ held her in his hands, uh, in his arms and he cried when she died, one of his grandchildren. And there are other instances that are mentioned too in the seerah when the Prophet ﷺ used to cry. But of course it is known that the crying of the Prophet ﷺ, it was more like what you would say weeping, not crying as the people cry with abundance of tears and loud, you know, reasonably loud noise. The crying of the Prophet ﷺ was more of a quiet, humming, weeping sound. That was the crying of the Prophet ﷺ, not the crying of the people with uh, louder sounds and lots of tears, and you can see the clear crying upon them. Rather with the Prophet ﷺ, it was more like a reverberating sound, like a humming sound was coming and a weeping sound, from the Prophet Sallallahu in and the Prophet Sallallahu said when his son Ibrahim salam died inna tadma' indeed the eyes the eye sheds the tear yahzan and the heart is saddened the eyes shed tears and the heart is saddened wala naqulu illa ma but we will not say, except that which pleases the Lord. 
And we are saddened by your death, O Ibrahim. We are saddened by your death. But we will not say or do anything except that which pleases the Lord. So this is what the Prophet said. وَهَذَا مِنَ الرَّحْمَةِ And this is from the mercy. Shaykh Rabi' Hafizahullah Ta'ala also mentioned in Sharh Al-Sunnah of Al-Barbahari. In this particular point, that this demonstrates and shows to you the mercy of the Prophet ﷺ. That he cried upon the death of his son. And he cried upon the death of his grandchild or granddaughter. So this shows the mercy of the Prophet ﷺ. وَأَيْضًا هَذَا لَا يَسْتَطِيعُ الْإِنسَانِ حَبْسُهُ And this, the shaykh says, naturally a person can't control that. When somebody close dies to you, then of course, naturally you feel that emotion. That is not something that can be blocked. But the point is, how you behave upon that emotion thereafter. So for the one who screams and shouts, and tears the clothes, etc., as we're going to see in the next narration, then that person has not behaved in the correct way. But for the one who cries, and is saddened, but he does not do anything which is outside of what is legislated, then that is correct. And that is acceptable and no problem. فالآية دلت على أن الصبر والرضا من خصال الإيمان. So this indicates to us that patience and being content are from the characteristics of iman. والحديث دل على أن الجزع من المصيبة وإظهار الجزع أنه من خصال الكفر فهما متضادان. And this hadith now indicates to us that a person who demonstrates his uh, depression and completely being upset and screaming and shouting, that is not from the characteristics of Iman. That is from the characteristics of Kufr. So they are opposites. Then the next narration follows on from this point. The hadith of Ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ ضَرَبَ الْخُدُودَ وَشَقَّ الْجُيُوبَ وَدَعَى بِدَعْوَ جَاهِرِيَّةِ Not from amongst us is the one who hits his cheeks and tears his clothes, his pockets, and he shouts and screams with ignorant speech. Not from amongst us is the one who has these characteristics in him. Hadith in Bukhari a Muslim. Hadith of Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu who narrates from the Prophet ﷺ, not from amongst us. So when this hadith begins with that phrase, not from amongst us is the one who does this and does that, then this indicates to you that this is a great warning from these actions that are going to be mentioned. The fact that the Prophet ﷺ is telling you that not from us is the one who does this and that, indicates to you the severity of the actions that are about to be mentioned. And this is similar to other ahadith, like when the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ غَشَّنَا فَلَيْسَ Whomsoever deceives us, cheats us, is not from us. لَيْسَ مَنْ تَشَبَّهَ بِغَيْرِنَا Not from amongst us is the one who imitates other than us. The one who imitates and tries to be like the kuffar in their clothing, in their appearance, in their behavior, in their speech. 
Then the Prophet ﷺ said, not from us is the one who attempts to emulate, imitate others, not from us. So when this statement arises, not from us is the one who does this, it indicates that the Prophet ﷺ is declaring his innocence from those people who do that. Declaring his innocence from the ones who perform these actions. And it does not mean that the Prophet ﷺ is saying that person is out of Islam. When he says that not from us is the one who does this or does that, doesn't mean that he is not a Muslim anymore. He's not a Muslim from us. He's not in Islam from us. It doesn't mean that. It just means this is a severe sin and there is a severe warning and it is a major sin. But it doesn't mean that the statement indicates the person is no longer Muslim, that he's not from us, i.e. he's not Muslim. It doesn't mean that. It just means that it is a severe action, a severe warning from that action, a major sin. وَأَحْسَنُ مَا يُقَالُ فِيهَا أَنَّهَا مِنْ أَلْفَاظِ الْوَعِيدِ وَلَا تُفَسَّرُ the best explanation for these types of narrations is to say that these narrations are clearly words of threat. You are being given a great severe threat here. Not from us is the one who does this and does that. So the scholars, they say, you leave it at that. You leave it at the fact that it is a severe threat. And when you explain to the people, explain to them the severity of the threat the Prophet is saying, you are not from us if you do this and you do that. You're not from us. Leave it open like that. Leave it as it is in that way. But the aqidah you have and the belief you have obviously is that it doesn't mean the person is out of Islam. But when explaining it and when saying it, leave it in that way so the people realize the severity of that statement. ولكن مع اعتقاد أن هذا لا يدل على الخروج من الدين لأدلة أخرى دلت على أن أصحاب الكبائر التي دون الشرك لا يخرجون من الدين. And there are other evidences which indicate that a person who commits a major sin doesn't exit from the fold of Islam. Hence, when you combine the evidences, it becomes clear that this narration is not saying that those people are out of Islam, but that they are upon serious threat for the actions that they are doing. So نياحة this screaming and shouting, it is from the major sins. The screaming and the shouting and the behavior that the people engage in at the time of death is from the major sins. But it is not at the level of major shirk which exits you from Islam. So the Prophet ﷺ explained what this screaming and shouting etc. is. Man al-khudud. Firstly, they hit themselves. They start hitting themselves on the head, on the cheeks. And this is something known from them, and this shows an absolute lack of patience. ضرب الخدود جزعا من المصيبة كفعل الجاهلية. So they hit themselves on the cheeks to show their lack of patience and their absolute depression, and that is as they used to do in the times of ignorance. لأن المشروع الصبر. What is legislated is to be patient. وهذا عكسه. And hitting yourself is the complete opposite of patience. وهذا من باب الغالب. And this is what typically occurs. وَشَقَّ الْجُيُوبَ And they tear the pockets, they rip their clothes from that screaming and shouting and tearing. 
again from their absolute lack of patience and their depression and their upsetness. And they start calling out, screaming and shouting words of ignorance. Words of ignorance, i.e. the types of things they used to say before the prophethood. Before the prophethood, before the Prophet ﷺ was sent as a prophet, the time of ignorance. Prior to that, how they used to behave and what they used to say, then from amongst them was these types of things. So the Prophet ﷺ gave that example that these people who scream and shout in the way that they used to in the times of ignorance, then that is a major sin. فَلَا يَجُوزُ أَن نَقُولْ بَعْدَ بِعْثَةِ And this is an important point to mention now. It is not permissible to say that the Muslims are in jahiliyyah after the sending of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لَا يَجُوزُ لَنَا أَن نَقُولَ بَعْدَ بِعْثَةِ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فِي الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ أَوْ النَّاسُ فِي جَاهِلِيَّةٍ جُهْلًا هَذَا لَا يَجُوزُ أَبَدًا لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ رَفَعَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةَ بِبِعْثَةِ الرَّسُولِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ Allah removed the times of ignorance by the sending of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. The sending of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم removed the era of ignorance. The 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 time of ignorance was removed. By the sending of the Prophet ﷺ. Yes, some characteristics of that jahiliyyah may remain. Some characteristics or traits from those days of ignorance may remain. But to say that the ignorance as a whole is upon the Muslims, that cannot be said after the sending of the Prophet ﷺ. And this is something that the people do. The ignorant ones, the so-called scholars who are not scholars of Ahl sunnah they make these types of statements and they declare the Muslims to be kuffar and they say everybody is in jahiliyyah like the jahiliyyah prior to Islam. And that is incorrect. The sending of the revelation has removed that jahiliyyah of pre-Islamic days. So the one who screams and shouts with those types of words why me and why did it happen, etc., those types of speech, then this is again from the types of behavior of jahiliyyah. Wal-wajib uh, al-Muslim, so what is binding upon a Muslim to do is, an al haq to follow the truth. Sawa'an kana ma'a imamihi wa ma'a ghayrihi, whether that truth is with his imam or anywhere else, that you follow the truth. And that you are upon that guidance in your behavior and what you do. And that you do not fall into blind following and follow the ways and the traits and the behaviors of the ignorant ones. Those who do not have knowledge of the Quran and the Sunnah. Then we have the narration of Anas. Anas radiallahu anhu anna Rasulullah sallam qal, إِذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِعَبْدِهِ الْخَيْرِ عَجَّلَ لَهُ بِالْعُقُوبَةِ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَإِذَا أَرَادَ بِعَبْدِهِ الشَّرِّ أَمْسَكَ عَنْهُ بِذَنْبِهِ حَتَّى يُوَافِيَ بِهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ In this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, If Allah wants goodness for a servant, then he gives him whatever punishment he is deserving of, whatever sins, hastily in this world now. 
If Allah wants goodness for a servant, He gives him his deserved punishment for whatever he's done and sins now in this world. And if Allah wants the evil upon that particular person, that particular person deserves what he deserves, then the punishment will be held back. But how does that make sense then? Why would the one whom Allah wants the goodness for be punished quickly? And the one who is going to end up in evil, he doesn't get punished quickly. Because his punishment will be saved for the day of judgment. So if that person, evil is going to be upon him, the punishment of the hereafter is far, far severe, more severe than the punishment of this world. So if Allah wants goodness for a person, if a person has sinned and done wrong, punish him in this world, allow some difficulty, hardship, some punishment to come in this world, so he is cleansed and in the hereafter there is no punishment for him. But if that goodness does not come to a person, then the punishment is held back until the day of judgment, then when he gets it, it will be multiple, multiple times more severe than what he would have got in this world. A min alamati iradati Allahi bi'abdi al-khair an ya'ajjila lahu al-'uquba ala dhunubi. لِأَنَّ ذُنُوبُ تَصْدُرُ مِنَ الْإِنسَانِ بِكَثْرَةِ So if Allah wants goodness for that person, He gets the punishment now, so that He's cleansed for the hereafter. And no doubt, because everybody commits sins. لَيْسَ هُنَاكَ أَحَدٌ مَعْسُومٌ إِلَّا الْأَنْبِيَاءِ عَلَيْمَ الصَّلَةُ وَالسَّلَامُ Nobody is completely protected and safeguarded from committing sins. People commit sins, except for the prophets and the messengers and those whom Allah guards and protects. Allah, uh, uh, it is mentioned in the hadith, كُلُّكُمْ All of you commit sin and error, and the best of you who commit sin and error are the ones who repent. وَالْإِنسَانُ تَصْدُرُ مِنْهُ ذُنُوبٌ كَثِيرًا وَمُخَالَفَاتٌ And a person, no doubt, lots of sins and oppositions and wrongdoings occur from him. فَإِذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِعَبْدِهِ خَيْرًا عَجَّلَ لَهُ الْعُقُوبَ عَلَى هَذِي الْمَعَاسِي فِي الدُّنْيَا حَتَّى يُطَهِّرَهُ so the person, he is punished now, so that he becomes cleansed. And in the hereafter, there's nothing left to punish him upon. He enters paradise. So that is better for him, that is goodness for him. But if some punishment is going to come upon a person heavily, then no punishment comes on him now. Even if he is sinning, and he is doing wrong, and he is opposing the commands of Allah. He is allowed to live in luxury and he's allowed to live in goodness and happiness and no sickness and nothing. He's given all of that. But that can be a sign of evil to come. If he is a sinner and a wrongdoer, then that is only because his actual punishment will then be given to him in the hereafter. Until he is then given that recompense on the day of judgment. So that person will end up on the day of judgment with all of his sins still there. None of them have been removed. And so he'll be punished on that day for those sins. And that punishment will be more severe. Then, وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِنَّ عِظَمَ الْجَزَاءِ مِنْ عِظَمِ الْبَلَاءِ وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى إِذَا أَحَبَّ قَوْمًا ابْتَلَاهُمْ فَمَنْ رَضِيَ فَلَهُ الرِّضَى وَمَنْ سَخَطَ فَلَهُ السَّخَطَ حَسَّنَهُ التِّرْمِذِي 
In this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, the greatness of the reward is in accordance to or comes along with the greatness of the test. And if Allah loves a people, He tests them. So whomsoever is content and pleased, then He will have the pleasure upon him. He will get the reward upon him. And whomsoever in that test becomes upset and loses hope and uh, behaves in a manner inappropriate, then upon him will be the anger. The one who becomes angry in those times and doesn't remain patient, then upon him will be the anger. So what does this hadith mean then? That the greatness of the reward, the level of your reward, will be in accordance to the level of the test that you had to face. وَذَلِكَ أَنَّ الْمُبْتَلَى إِذَا صَبَرَ وَرَضِيَ بِقَضَاءِ اللَّهِ وَقَدَرِ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يُجْزِيَهُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ الْخَيْرِ الْعَاجِلُ الْآجِلِ Because a person who is tested, if he remains patient and content with the decree of Allah, then Allah will reward that person with the best of reward in this world and in the hereafter. فَيَجْزِيَهُ الْجَزَاءَ الْعَظِيمُ آجِلًا وَعَاجِلًا So he will be given the great reward in this world and in the hereafter. And that is like the ayah that was gone before. وَمَنْ يُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ يَهْدِ قَلْبًا وَاللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْنِ عَلِيمٌ Whomsoever believes in Allah, Allah will guide his heart. And Allah is all capable or all knowledgeable of everything. وَالْمُرَادُ بِالْبَلَاءِ And the point of these tests. What are these tests we're talking about? الْإِبْتِلَاءِ وَالْإِمْتِحَانِ Tests and trials. فَيُصَابُ الْإِنسَانُ بِالشِّدَّةِ Maybe a person is overcome with severity on occasion. وَيُصَابُ بِالْمَرَضِ With illness. وَيُصَابُ بِضَيَاعِ الْمَالِ By loss of his wealth, he is tested. وَيُصَابُ بِالْمَوْتِ Or بِمَوْتِ الْقَرِيبِ Or with the death of a close one, a relative, he may be tested in that way. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ تَتَكَاثَرُ عَلِهِ الْمَصَائِبُ وَتَتَابَعُ There are some people where these difficulties, they are plentiful upon them. And continuous, one comes after the next. Some people are like that. These difficulties are upon them. But that can be a sign of goodness if that person throughout these difficulties and hardships remains patient. Remains patient, remains upon iman with his dua, with his remembrance. Then no matter how much of these tests and trials are coming, that is goodness for him then. If he is remaining upon patience and uh, uh, remaining upon his trust in Allah and remembrance of Allah. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَىٰ إِذَا أَحَبَّ قَوْمًا ابْتَلَاهُمْ And if Allah loves a people, He tests them. This is another wisdom. أَنَّ وُجُودَ الْإِبْتِلَىٰ وَالْإِمْتِحَانَ الَّذِي يُسِيبُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ دَلِيلٌ عَلَى مَحَبَّةِ اللَّهِ لَهُمْ That sometimes the tests and the trials that overcome the Muslims, it can be as a sign of Allah's love for them. وَلَمَّا أَحَبَّهُمْ ابْتَلَاهُمْ Because when Allah loves them, uh, due to Allah loving them, He tests them. مِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يُخَفِّفَ عَنْهُمْ So that these tests can be a means of reducing their uh, sins, reducing their evils and raising them in rank of goodness. If they remain patient in those times and upon the remembrance of Allah. وَمِنْ أَجْلِ أَنْ يَنْتَقِلُوا إِلَيْهِمْ وَهُمْ مُخَلَّصُونَ مِنَ الدُّنُوبِ So that when they go to the hereafter, they have been cleansed of their sins due to these difficulties they faced, and they remained patient during them. وَمَفْهُومُ الْحَدِيثِ أَنَّ اللَّهَ إِذَا لَمْ يُحِبْ قَوْمًا يُمْسِكُ عَنْهُمْ الْابْتِلَاءِ And this can therefore mean, 
The hadith says if Allah loves a group of people, He tests them. So that if they remain patient, their reward is increased and their station and rank is increased and their sins are removed and cleansed. The hadith can therefore mean that if Allah does not love a group of people, He does not put the tests and trials upon them. They live in luxury. And that can be a sign, can be a sign that those people will end up in a greater punishment in the hereafter if they are people of evil. As for a person who lives in luxury and has plenty of wealth but is obedient to Allah and upon worship, then of course he doesn't fall into that category. But typically the people who are upon luxury and they are negligent of the affairs of the religion or remembrance of Allah or anything to do with that, then it could be a sign that in the hereafter their punishment will come. فَمَنْ رَضِيَ بِقَضَاءِ اللَّهِ وَقَدَرِهِ فَلَهُ الرِّضَى So whomsoever is happy and pleased with the decree of Allah, then Allah will be pleased with him. وَمَنْ سَخِضَى And whoever is upset and angered by the decree of Allah, then Allah will be angered upon him. And that is the due reward for the person. فَهَذَا فِيهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْجَزَاءِ مِنْ جِنْسِ الْعَمَلِ This therefore indicates to you that the recompense is in accordance to the nature of the act itself. If you are pleased with the decree, then Allah will be pleased with you and reward you. If you are angered and upset at the decree and no patience, then similarly Allah will be angered upon you and no reward, instead punishment. So the act or the reward in the end, the recompense is linked to the way that you behave. So the one who is patient, then Allah loves him. And the one who does not be patient, then Allah is angered at him. وَهَذِهِ الْمَصَائِبِ إِنَّمَا هِيَ ابْتِلَاءُ وَامْتِحَانُ لِيُظْهِرَ الصَّابِرُ وَلِيَظْهَرَ الصَّابِرُ مِنْ غَيْرِ الصَّابِرُ So these tests and trials, they are there to bring out, to distinguish the people. Who are the ones who are patient in the times of difficulty and who are not? These tests and trials distinguish the people. So what can we learn from this? The Shaykh summarizes the points of benefit. Firstly, Every calamity or difficulty or hardship that occurs, it is from the decree of Allah. That must be remembered. Secondly, patience and contentment with the decree of Allah is from Iman. It is from the branches of Iman to be patient upon the decree. Also, as the ayah indicated, the one who is patient upon the decree patient upon difficulties and hardships, then that will be a means of guidance for him. Because in the ayah it said, وَمَنْ يُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ يَهْدِ قَلْبَ Whoever believes in Allah is patient upon the difficulties, etc. Then Allah guides his heart. So patience upon the decree, patience in the difficulties, supplication to Allah, dua, all of these affairs will then aid uh, that person. That person will then be guided, Allah guides his heart. Also we learned, just because somebody has the characteristics of something, doesn't mean that he is that thing. So a person may have characteristics of hypocrisy, doesn't mean he is an absolute hypocrite. Munafiq. A person may have characteristics of kufr, but it doesn't mean he is a kafir out of Islam. So having the characteristics of something doesn't necessitate that the person has fallen into that thing completely. Also we learned that there are major kufr and there is minor kufr. Major kufr which exits you from Islam, minor kufr which does not exit you from Islam. Also we learned that the impatience at the time of somebody dying, hitting yourself, tearing your clothes, etc. All of that from the affairs of Jahiliyyah. 
And also we learned that the trials and tribulations that occur, they can be a test and a trial to raise the rank of a believer who is patient, to remove his sins and to cleanse him so that in the hereafter he is pure of those sins and enters paradise and there is no punishment upon him. So that is regarding the chapter of patience. Uh, and inshallah ta'ala, from the next time we'll start with the new chapter, which is the chapter of showing off. How can showing off be linked to shirk? And how can showing off mean that your tawheed is deficient? There's a gap in your tawheed. It is deficient with showing off. And it's a type of shirk showing off. So that is what we'll discuss next week, inshaAllah, in the lesson. And we'll conclude on that now.